Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was their finest. Hey guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. And I'm Sean. So guys, today's subject is hepatitis. And I think hepatitis is one of those things that, even if you learn about it, it ends up kind of getting murky and confusing again, in part because there's so many types of hepatitis. Uh, where does where does hepatitis live? How doth hepatitis be spread? And it turns out it kind of depends, right? Yeah, so did you learn about hepatitis at any point? Did you get any kind of training involving hepatitis? Is that a normal course of being a... I feel like, I think so. Uh, you know, I'm a bartender. Of and course. As part of bartending class. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a, I was a history teacher. Had to learn that for that. Mm. You know, can't, can't spread hepatitis. <laughs> you um, try not to. Yeah. And I feel like we talked about it in the course of Epstein-Barr, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Very famously rate. is when Bill Barr and Jeffrey Epstein had sex. Classic. Made a virus. Classic. Had gotten to America. Yes, that is accurate. So, I was recently taking a course for safety training for my job. Everyone learns about hepatitis because it's always on one slide of a course that you take. Yeah, well, mine was about bloodborne pathogens because I work with human samples. And so the possibility Whoa. of somebody giving me... What kind of human samples? You know what kind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave, let You've... that hang. <laughs> You've made a donation. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, All right. So while taking that course, yeah, there were a couple of slides that mentioned hepatitis. And I've been kind of curious because I've heard about hepatitis, obviously, a bunch of times. And I know that there's like a B and a C and those are pretty scary. But if there's a B and a C, you assume there's also an A. Other letters. And what about other letters? So turns out that was the inspiration. Okay. And so. So this whole episode, we're talking about hepatitis. Or the next two episodes, actually. Yeah. Talk about hepatitis. We're going to really delve deep into the hep. Yep. Yep. Into that hep. And the the B and C that we all know and love, those guys are going to be coming in more in the second episode. So this episode, we're really going to be talking about just broadly what is it, and then get a little bit into that hep A and some of those other letters. So let's do it. That's how Stacey to break. Whoa! Uh, I see, I see. Yeah, that's good. Whoa. Um, so, um, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. Yes. <laughs> Give me chills for a second. Uh, so, what is it? What is hepatitis? Yeah, okay. So, for starters... It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's always just sounded like a thing you don't want, right? I don't really know what it is. Well, I'll say this much. Any itis, I don't want it. Yeah. Right? And this right. one's a hepa-itis? Right. That's too much. Isn't okay. like penalitis pretty good? 
Isn't that just like the scientific no, term see, for an inflamed see, penis? Because we're not just talking about blood flow, okay? Uh, okay. Talking about like Inflammation all the is immune cells being in there. You certainly do not want immune cells fucking up your dick. I have immune cells packed in my dog. Don't do it. Constantly. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want it. As is a huge engorged That's dog. like, that's a burning feeling. Have you been getting a burning feeling? <laughs> I regret all of it. <laughs> all right. Okay, so in general, what is hepatitis? Right. Hepatitis, as a broad term, means liver inflammation, regardless of what's causing it. Okay? And it can either be acute hepatitis or it can be chronic hepatitis. Okay. Acute meaning symptoms pop up and then they go away relatively quickly, like okay. within six months. Chronic is maybe you'll have an acute case first, but then... After six months or, like, way later, years later, you'll have another flare-up, and that means that it's going to be part of a cycle that kind of continues on. Okay. It's spread by a virus. Well, hepatitis as a broad category can be caused by a lot of things. Hmm. Viral hepatitis is caused by a virus. Do we care about bacterial hepatitis? It's usually not bacteria a lot of the times, but, for example, drinking too much can cause hepatitis. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so don't do that too much. Stop judging me. Right, then. Yeah, look at <laughs> All right. Nathan doesn't drink that much, listeners. <laughs> Walk away from this one. <laughs> it's too real. No, okay, okay. So there is bacterial hepatitis, hepatitis, sure. like multiple ones. Uh, yeah, it's theoretically possible. Like, sure, bacteria okay. could cause. But it. viral hepatitis is what we're focusing on today. Yes, yes, and there are a lot of viruses that can cause liver inflammation. Um, that aren't named the hepatitis letter virus. Like right? Epstein-Barr. Epstein-Barr's in there. CMV is in there. Yellow fever's in there. Okay, we got a lot of fun ones. Right? <laughs> God, that's um, a fun one. Yeah, but there are a few viruses that like really specifically like to fuck up your liver and cause inflammation. And those are hepatitis A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and T, T viruses. So H is all good. Yeah. There's no H right now. There's no H at all. Uh, not as far as we know. But all the other hepatitis are bad for you. <laughs> well, they all exist anyway. Whether they're okay. bad for you or not, we're going to get into in a right. little bit. Okay? Hepatitis E is good for you. Well, hold on. <laughs> Makes you strong. Don't jump ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually. Oh, whoa. I did by accident. Yeah. But the last one that I said, the TT virus. Yeah. TT virus or torque tenno or transfusion transmitted virus is kind of a weird one in terms of hepatitis. In the sense that, well... Right. But this is where, like, most humans have this already, right? It's, like, yeah. in our code, right? Or poop? So... Or eyeballs. <laughs> Isn't this, like, why the aboriginal folks have, like, an eyeball disease? It's no, because of the hepatitis... What? Was that no. herpes? Maybe Simplex? herpes. I think it's herpes. Herpes. Now, we need, herpes. now we need to talk about the difference between herpes and hepatitis. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into herpes later. How about that? Well, we... I'm embarrassed because I feel like we didn't already talk about it. No, uh, I, a lot of people have some kind of herpes right. virus, but herpes virus. <laughs> some is people a very, like me got a few. <laughs> herpes virus is a very big category of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, okay. so we might have talked about that in that context, but right. there's a different virus, this TT virus, Torque Tenno virus. And what's interesting about Torque Tenno, which we will talk about, I think, in the next episode more, is that 70 to 90% of all humans seem to be infected with this virus. Right. In the sense that if you check our bloodstream and look for this virus, you would probably find it. All right, all right. Okay, here, before we move forward. Yeah. Is hepatitis an STD? I feel uh, like that's how I always it, heard about it. It can be transmitted sexually. Okay. 
But can't everything like be a little bit transmitted sexually? I mean, like what disease? Like Ebola is not an STD, but okay, you could sure. give Ebola so, to someone by having sex with them, right? When you're like bleeding down and stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of people feel up to sex while they're infected with Ebola, but well, yeah, you I never met my buddy. But uh, all right, <laughs> you gotta meet this guy, man. Um, but uh, <laughs> he like, could. With so, this for example, cut off. influenza, right, yeah. is pretty much a respiratory tract disease, right? Right. So you're not spreading it through your dick. I see. So you could be spreading it while having sex, but it's incidental to the to the sexing right. organs. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 I That's see. just from like breathing on each other. Right? All right. Yeah. Whereas hepatitis B or C. Yeah, they are bloodborne pathogens. Right. So if you're having some kind of sex right. where bleeding is involved, and this is where usually to, incidentally, and monkeypox. <laughs> Yes. Also, yes, it's like, yes, yes, yes. like COVID is not transmitted through junk, or is it? Is I COVID like, an STD? No, but I, I feel like what I heard was that the Siemens, <laughs> yeah, that the Siemens, yeah, can have some of the COVID virus in there. Well, I heard that there's these little five G globulus in there too. Well, yeah. <laughs> How are you supposed to get reception? Why do you think you have such good reception? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, you have bad reception? It's not in me. Oh, uh, you haven't gotten the good shit then. <laughs> anyway. Woof. Look. Woof. Look. So, Oof. the TT virus was a digression anyway that we're going to yeah. have more next time. But let's get to the actual hepatitis viruses that are lettered A right. through G. Okay? So... Some of these guys cause liver inflammation. Right, and B and C are the famous ones. Yes, yes. And we'll get to that more next episode. But in any case, these viruses cause acute inflammation, and some can also cause chronic inflammation. Right. The acute inflammation can lead directly to what's called fulminant hepatic failure, Mm. which means your liver function really drops off a cliff over the course of like a few days or like maybe a couple of weeks. Interesting. And then you start seeing some like brain symptoms caused oh. by the accumulation of certain kinds of waste in your blood right. that normally your liver would be filtering right. out. And you start having impaired thinking, mood changes, sleep problems. Sometimes you can reverse the situation with treatment, but other times you might need a liver transplant. Okay, wow. So acute inflammation sounds less serious because it's like, because it's got the word cute. Because it's cute. Because it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one time, right? But like in a lot of Japanese stuff, cute can be dangerous. Ka- kawaii can be dangerous. Ooh. I've learned that. I've learned that from yeah. Yes. Like um, Tiger times Toradora is what I was trying to oh, think of. Oh, like Toradora. Toradora. Yes. It's a little tiger chick. Yes, yeah, she is a tiger chick. You're right. Yeah, she's wow. dangerous. Wow. That's a deep cut. Yeah. I have a buddy who's watching Yo Mushi Pedal right now. Oh. Right? And I saw that shit like in 2015. I know. And I tried to get Stacey into it, and she was like, this is a show about boys riding bicycles. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, we got over that. So I'm not going to say what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, we, you guys have a child together, we, so yeah, we clearly. We overcame that hump. Yeah, clearly you guys moved through it. Yeah. But because of that, I was recommending my buddy watch Cross Game, uh-huh. which is a really good, I think, baseball anime. Yep. And I don't give a shit. Like, actually, more than that, I have deep antipathy towards baseball. Yeah. But that's a good anime. It's like Miyazaki does baseball. You should make your buddy watch Yuri on Ice. Oh, shit. Isn't that the, isn't that the Yuri? <laughs> that that, that's that the one's Yuri, right? Uh, it's Yaoi. Oh, it, it, it would be male oriented, right? right? Yeah, that's I think Yuri is the person's funny. name. That's pretty but funny. But it's on Yuri's ice. Yuri is the girl. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's on ice. You know, I'm at least Tom Verghese knows what we're talking about. He knows these genres and he's yeah. giggling right now. Yeah. He's got a, I'm just saying, everyone who watches Pedal needs to watch 
Yuri on ice. Just the way he said pedal. <laughs> pedal? I'll just pedal on ice. I wanted to call it cross pedal, but I was like, that's not the name. So, like, like <laughs> back on topic, what we were saying was that sometimes acute problems, because they're a one-off thing, can they sound less huge, serious right, than but, chronic ones. But, but it, like, if suddenly your liver failed... You don't have to worry about your liver failing six months from now because you're dead. Yes, yes. Right. It's, you're acutely dead Correct. now. Yes, yes. The chronic inflammation side of things often leads to cirrhosis. Right. Which is liver scarring. Which is like impossibly spelled. Yes. Yeah. Cirrhosis is hard to spell. Yeah. I, I like, I'm certain. I tried to look it up four times. And <laughs> <laughs> never got to find out more. And cirrhosis, this liver scarring, and it can also sometimes lead to hepatocellular carcinoma, which is the most common form of liver cancer. All right. Okay, so this is a situation where a virus can cause right. a situation that can lead to liver cancer being more in, common. In general, fucking up your liver is real bad, because that's like an important one. It's not like the kidneys, which are silly. It's well, like... At, at least with the kidneys, you got two of them. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. So that's nice. That's or nice. Like, like the appendix, just like a fun bag. Yeah, cut, you know... Liver matters still. Yes, that is that is definitely true. And so all of these things disrupt the function of the liver, which does a lot of useful stuff like Nathan was alluding to. For example, it'll make cholesterol and bile. It's very important for regulating how much cholesterol is in your blood. Right. It also stores glycogen, which is basically if you have a lot of glucose in your body, it'll get turned into glycogen for storage. Mm. Okay, so it's an energy storage. It just like gets all the drugs out, right? Yes, that's one of the big ones is it breaks down shit like toxins and like drugs. Yeah. Which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Because sometimes those drugs are supposed to be doing something else. One of the big things that the liver cleans up is dying or old or shitty red blood cells. Okay. Mm. So your body is always making more red blood cells and your liver is always kind of checking out the red blood cells to see if any of them are getting kind of bad. Okay. Well, if you cirrhose has your liver, it's not doing that well. Right. And so what ends up happening. You turn yellow. Yes. Basically, what ends up happening is those red blood cells, instead of getting taken up by the liver and broken down safely, what they'll instead do is they'll break down partially, which leads to uh, the production of something called bilirubin. Okay. And bilirubin uh, ends up building sandwich. up. It's kind of yellowy. And it's that's two how you get layers of a Reuben. Bilirubin? Yeah, yeah. Bilirubin <laughs> is where you got some, some pastrami and some corned beef and a little Ooh. slice of McDonald's bread in the middle. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. I know, it's crazy, huh? Villarubin. Wow. You're kind of a genius. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bad, though. <laughs> it's bad when that's it's in bad. your body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good on the plate. Yeah, yeah, it's conceptually good, but in your body, bilirubin ends up building up, and you turn yellow and shit, and it's called jaundice. Right. right. And so you can see that in the yellowing of the whites of the eyes, and the skin gets more yellow. Right. Have that's... you ever met anyone who's jaundiced in real life? Uh, I've seen someone who's jaundiced in real life, yeah. Really? Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. My baby was jaundiced for like a week and a half. It turns out a lot of newborns are a little jaundiced. Sure, yeah. Their liver needs to figure some shit out yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, let's take a break because then we got to talk about the acute ones. Right. So out of all the viruses, we named a bunch of letters, right? Which ones of those are responsible for the acute only and not chronic? Okay. okay. Let's take that break. Hi, guys. This is Stacy Sung. I'm a proud pet owner of a little leopard gecko named Bruce, and even though I love her, she's hard to read because she's a lizard. I never know her feelings except when she bites, but she never bites so I never know how she feels. Luckily for me, Goop has a new line of mood crystals for pets. Just put one wherever your pet sleeps at night 
and it will synchronize with its subconscious aura. It works because, well, Gwyneth says so. The crystal changes colors with your pet's mood. Now I know my little Bruce is always sleepy because the color is always green. Thanks to Goop Mood Crystals. So guys, listen to Stacy song, as in me, and go to www.goopcrystals.com and use the promo code PetriDish to get 10% off your Goop purchase. Okay, guys. So these acute hepatitis. Yep. Right. They sound less scary because they're not because they're cute. Yep. But we gotta remember, acute means you get murdered now. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. very scary. Right. So what are the hepatitis that are gonna hurt us now? Right. So out of all of those letters, we went up to G. Right. Hepatitis F and G are pretty rare, and the evidence that they actually make you have like really serious liver inflammation is actually kind of poor. Okay. What happens is that when somebody has liver inflammation, sometimes they'll do an analysis of what, you know, what viruses in your blood. Are there any viruses causing this liver inflammation? Right. And sometimes they'll find hepatitis F and G, but there's not very good evidence from any kind of animal model or from infecting cells in a dish that these viruses are actually very good at making your liver inflamed at all. It seems like they're kind of like hitching a ride along with the other more successful hepatitis viruses. So we've definitely isolated F and G. So we know they're real, but maybe they don't do anything. Yeah, so technically, technically, some people disagree on whether or not hepatitis F exists, mm. which is interesting. Well, then that's going to fuck everything up cuz then you got to learn A B C D E G? Yes. That ain't right. Exactly. So hepatitis G does definitely exist, but it isn't clear that it causes enough of a problem for us to even really give a shit about it. Right. Okay. So those last couple of letters, they exist for historical reasons in terms of us finding viruses, Mm. but A through E are the ones that actually cause disease in humans, and A and E, the two ones on the ends, those ones are the ones that cause acute problems and not really chronic ones. All right. And so... Every year, there's about 19 million cases of hepatitis E and something like 110 million cases of hepatitis A. It's like a worldwide thing. I guess yes. it has to be because if it was America, that would be a third of all people every year. Yeah, and you're so going gonna to find out why it's actually not very common in the U.S. and mm. more common in other parts of the world. Because Twinkies are packed with like the kind of... Like fish oils that you need yeah, to Yeah, the, the anti-hepatitis. Yeah. That ma- you're making a lot of sense. Stacy noticed, because we've been watching the Orville, and there's a moment where the main character and his buddy are talking about how much that they love Twinkies. Mm-hmm. And Stacey noted, she was like, why does Seth MacFarlane love Twinkies so much and put them into all his shows? Yeah. Because it reminded me of an early episode of Family Guy. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Twinkie factory. Yeah, there's like a post-apocalyptic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they find the Twinkie fan club. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. I wonder if for him it's like a childhood cultural touchstone. It would be really funny if he discovered it at 21. <laughs> I was like, what yes. is this? Yes, yes, you know? yes, yes. Is that Rhode Island school design? The, the first time he had an edible at the age He's of like, 21. He's like, is this a local Providence thing? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's Twinkie. Yes. You can get it anywhere. That makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, look. Often, hepatitis A and E will cause a mild inflammation that resolves on its own. Like, you'll get sick, and maybe you'll get jaundiced, but then it'll go away, and you'll be fine without any kind of treatment. I gotta tell you, Sean, there's two types of sick to me, and one of them is not worried, one of them's really worried. And the only type of sick that doesn't worry me is, like, a light cough. 
right? You know yeah, what I mean? Sure, yeah. All the types of sick is immediately very serious. So if me. your eyeballs turned yellow, you'd be like, oh, That'd I'm be pretty sick. shocking. <laughs> Like, yeah. Who has this presence of mind to be like, well, sure. that's probably not a big sure, deal. Sure, Yeah, I just mean that hepatitis A and E oftentimes will not kill someone even if they don't get treatment. Okay, okay. okay. Unless they are a pregnant woman. Right. And in that case, hepatitis E can severely fuck up a pregnant woman. Oh. Severely, especially in the third trimester. Interesting. So that's actually something that needs to get... Uh, looked out for a lot in mm. countries where hepatitis A and E are very common. Mm. Um, when you do, uh, so in, in younger people, especially kids, hepatitis A is often completely asymptomatic. Right. You won't know that they have it. Right. When you do have symptoms, it's because the virus is generating copies of itself inside your liver cells, uh, specifically the hepatocytes and the Kupfer cells. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems that hepatitis A does not bust open the cells, right? It'll turn that cell into a little virus factory, but then it'll sort of like bud off these little things from the cells and mm. not actually kill them. Mm. And so the main impact on your liver is that those cells aren't really doing the job they were supposed to do, but it's not like it's killing a bunch of cells in your liver and like, you know, making like a big hole appear in your liver or anything mm. like that. So it's a little bit gentler, and that's one of the reasons why it can be so mild sometimes. Every once in a while, a host cell will kill itself in an attempt to stop producing virus, but it's not happening all the time. Okay. okay. And so hepatitis A is the most common form of acute viral hepatitis, and it's probably the one responsible for epidemic jaundice. So you're telling me... Oh, well, keep finish the sentence. Which is something that was described by ancient Greeks and Romans. So you're telling me there were moments where, like, just everyone in Athens had yellow eyes. <laughs> yeah, they're all yellow. And they're just... Can you imagine for three days, they're like... Just like silently looking around, and be like, "Is this it? Yeah, is this stage one?" They were bummed out, and yeah. then it's just all not yellow again. They're like, "Well, okay, yeah." So what we got through it. What's interesting is that hepatitis, especially hepatitis A. Uh, oh, by the way, I didn't mention this, but pretty much all of these viruses are from different viral families. Mm. So even though we all group them together into hepatitis A through G or whatever. Each individual one is separated from each other almost as far as viruses can be separated from each so other. So really, even the moniker hepatitis just refers to an inflammation of the liver. Right. It, it is right. completely a symptomatic element of it. Well, that's kind of annoying. And so these viruses are not related to each other. So does that, that like come from a period of etymology where like we name things based on their symptoms rather than like, I don't know. Genetic groupings or something? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it has to do with trying to figure out what the causative agent was for something and then, like, how hyper focused we are on trying to, like, solve that specific problem. Hmm. So, like, we were trying to figure out, like, okay, what's the thing that's causing hepatitis? And then we found something. And then we found out that not everyone with hepatitis has that. Right. So then we're like, okay, let's look again. And then we found something else. Right. And then we're like, okay, there's actually some hepatitis that's not A or B. And then we looked again, we found C. And then we looked again, and we just kept right, looking it again. happening. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, it's probably been with us for as long as there have been humans, probably longer, like pre-human. Okay. Okay, so like Australopithecus or, or Homo yeah. erectus. Yes, yeah, this is an ancient virus, hepatitis A. Right. But it probably has died out in human populations repeatedly. Because hepatitis A has a tendency... To spread amongst people relatively successfully, generate extremely strong immunity. Right. People get sick with hepatitis A once in their life, and then right. they are completely immune to it. That's interesting. So, why would some viruses it would be so easy to be immune towards and, and not others? 
Right, so some viruses will actually have parts of their genome that are responsible for helping them evade the immune system. Right. And so that might be masking certain antigens Mm -hmm. or making some things on their surface that actually, like, fall off really easily. Not hepatitis, though, huh? Not hepatitis A. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. We'll get into this in the next episode. Hepatitis C is yeah. actually extremely immune evasive. Right. Which makes sense because they're they're not at all related. They're not related at all. Right. Yeah. So hepatitis A gets you super strong immunity and if you're protected against reinfection for life, okay? And in a small like hunter-gatherer group, that means Everyone gets it once, and then no one ever gets it again. Right. right? But once we started having larger populations, right, in actual large centers where we had a bunch of people, it could get passed down basically from one generation to the next. And in some parts of the world, 50 to 100% of children have had hepatitis A before they turn 18. What kind of parts of the world? So... Parts of the world, like Robinson Elementary School, often Penny have, Camp, that often Meadows. have not as good. See, that's too deep a cut. That's highly esoteric. no one knows that we're talking. Those are all elementary oh. schools in this little shithole called Manhattan Beach. Whoa! It just has a lot of hep. You know, I mean, that's funny because it's, it's great in a lot of ways. It's just there's a lot of carefree people. It's just it's a little. A little less of means, and so there's a lot of hepatitis in the water. <laughs> what are you gonna do? That's just Manhattan Beach's so, problem. He- hepatitis A is typically spread. We're by lucky the, to have gone out, right? By the Brother. poop of infected people. Right. Okay. Uh, well, this is like it's smeared in Manhattan Beach. <laughs> so places with solid sanitation measures, like not Manhattan Beach, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, just everywhere. Um, tend not to have many cases. So, for example, the U.S. tends to not have very many cases of hepatitis A. Right. And, in fact, if we have an outbreak, it's often because of the importation of poopy food. But food what, food what that's do you been mean? exposed to poop. Oh. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> like um, or, like, watered with, like, water that hasn't been sure. sanitized properly. Right? Okay, yeah. So, I don't know, like the Ganges or something. They got a lot sure. of hepatitis in the yes. Ganges? Yes. So, since hepatitis A gets more serious the older you are, but you're often asymptomatic if you're younger, if hep A gets brought to a country with nice sanitation, but then spreads around a bit, oftentimes a bunch of older people actually get, like, very sick and die. Mm. Because in these other places, a lot of kids get it when they're young and don't have any symptoms, and then they're protected for life, right? So there's kind of this, this ah, interesting dichotomy. I feel like I should go out on my way to get Hep A. Hep A is like actually kind of more dangerous in countries with better sanitation because if it gets in, a lot right. of people don't necessarily have immunity. Right. And sometimes Hep A outbreaks can occur amongst adult men who have sex with men in areas of the world with good sanitation, especially if they're not wearing like proper protection. So the good news is that there is a hepatitis A vaccine and kids in the U.S. get it. Usually at 12 months, and then another dose 6 to 18 months later, okay? And so that probably means a lot less people are getting it now, huh? Well, the thing is that the vaccine is not quite as effective as actually just getting infected with it. Mm. In the sense that it's probably effective for 25 to 50 years, which is pretty good. Right. 25 to 50 years is pretty good for... Of course, we were talking about killing elderly folks. That's yes. after 50. Right. Yeah, exactly. Hence right. why they're getting killed by it. Right. right. Yes, that's part of the thing, is that it seems like natural infection with hepatitis A gives you pretty much lifetime immunity. The vaccine is very good, but not quite as good as that. And I think that there is technically a booster possible. It's just, realistically, hep A is very rare in the U.S., and so right. it's not just some, it's not something that comes up very often. All right, well, let's take a break. Yep. Because we're going to take a little step back. We're going to talk about, like, how do we find things like hep A? How do we know hep A is hep A? Yes. And hep B is hep B. That's beautiful. How do we isolate the viri of the hepatitis? 
Lovely. The following is an actual advertisement. Write a review and then you can share it with the world in any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and Castbox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day, which is on the eighth of every month of every year of every century of every you get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives, and you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y. All right, we're back. Oh, my God. Ooh. You guys don't know this, but Nathan was making a lot of eye contact. <laughs> Steely, dude. <laughs> I could feel Sean's yeah, donuts with There's a lot happening. His prostate There's inflamed. Of, well, yes. yes. <laughs> that thing's been acting up. <laughs> yeah, All right, we're we back. We never get back. <laughs> okay, we're back from the break. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a lot of types of hepatitis. Yep, we've kind of discussed about how they're they're actually from utterly different viral families. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit more about that process of actually finding out the differences between them. Sure. So people have been getting hepatitis for a very long time. Yeah. But things kind of came to a head at a time where modern science was kind of out and about, right, doing its thing. Right. Particularly during World War II. Okay, mm. and so during World War II, there were a bunch of soldiers getting hepatitis. Okay, on both sides. Right. Okay, and so the Germans, yeah, and the Americans, we were like separately, obviously. Yeah. We were like, we need to figure out what's going on with this. This one amazing mixed war, <laughs> Italian. It's like Nazis and in World Americans. War One that story about Christmas time, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, except yeah. about hepatitis. <laughs> 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 like everyone came together. Oh my god! To try to figure this out. All right. Um. So the governments were like, okay, we need to invest money because there's like legitimately a shitload of soldiers that are like sick enough that they can't really do their jobs, right? With this hepatitis stuff. And virology was still relatively new during the time period of World War II in that there wasn't a big toolkit in terms of figuring out stuff about viruses. It had only been about 10 years since influenza was isolated. Right. So people are having a hell of a time trying to figure out what was going on with this virus. One thing that was apparent is that some soldiers would get sick and then have symptoms for like a pretty short period of time. Right. And then some soldiers would get sick have symptoms for longer, it would go away, and then it would come back. Right. And what we kind of slowly are realizing is that they're actually just different viruses. Right. So they were right. like, okay, we have one disease that seems to have two so we sort of different agents. Yes. Right. And so they're like, okay, there's two options here. And so they needed to do some experiments. And what they decided was to try to mess around with some volunteers to, to purposefully infect people. The first case, volunteers. Okay. Yeah. So they were like taking the blood or taking the poop or, you know, having people like cough on each other, wow. spit, things like that. They're trying to figure out how is this thing getting transmitted. And so when they were doing that with the volunteers, what became clear is that the virus that sort of made you sick for a short amount of time also kind of kicked in faster. So they're right. like, okay, legitimately, this is a separate disease than the other one. Okay. So they were able to kind of separate those two out. And they named them A and B. 
Yeah, basically. Although they hadn't found the Vowers yet, right? So they were like, okay, so there's got to be some kind of agent that's doing this. While they were doing this work with the volunteers, things were kind of complicated because as they were infecting people, they found that it was not a 100% chance that people were going to get sick. Right. Even if you were like straight up making them like drink blood of someone who's clearly infected. Wow. They were just not all getting sick. And that's because, unbeknownst to them, some people had pre-existing immunity. Right. And so they were getting these really like kind of conflicting kinda results. They're kind of dum-dums for not even thinking that though, huh? Well, it's just uh, having asymptomatic immunity from childhood. Right. Because they took histories. They were like, okay. have you ever been sick with anything like this before? Okay. And okay. They had never, there was no Fair indication. Enough. Fair enough. So it seemed like a crap shoot. Unfair. So after the war, some dudes named Saul Krugman, Robert Ward, and Joan Got. Giles was Joan Giles actually a woman and it's been abrogated by history I don't know but if she is a woman women do not want to own this person because of what they did oh in a second <laughs> so I should have read the rest of that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh. so oh. They, they decided to do some studies from 1956 to 1970 at the Willowbrook State School for Intellectually Handicapped Children on Staten Island. Oh, my alma mater. <laughs> Staten Island. Yeah. Uh, where they infected children with hepatitis virus. Eventually figuring out that A was different from B and that A was acute and B was sometimes chronic. And they were able to get a cleaner result because all of these kids were too young to have pre-existing immunity first. Wow, bummer, dude. But the, yeah. these kids definitely did not consent to anything. I'm like, first of all, kids can't right, consent because they're right. kids. But like these people like definitely infected a wow. shitload of kids. Damn. You know yeah. who I knew at Willowbrook, who I was buddies with, just for like one year? Who? Pete Davidson. <laughs> It's just me and Pete, man. Yeah, me man. and Pete Davidson. You guys dude. made it out. King of Staten Island. You made it out of Staten right. Island. I was the prince. That's beautiful. I was the duke. Oh, shit. Duke <laughs> you of are, Staten you, Island. You were the duke. Yes, I agree <laughs> with you. Um, so, so, Duke Willowbrook. After that, yeah. in the 70s, some dudes who dodged the draft by joining the NIH to do medical research. Hilarious. Which is totally something you were allowed to do. Wow. They basically you could dodge the draft and join the NIH so long as you were going to do medical research important to the army. Right. And the important research was on hepatitis. They ended up using a technique that uses a powerful microscope called an electron microscope uh, to find the hep A virus. Right. Because at that point they had realized, oh, these are two different illnesses, the A and the B illnesses. They were able to take fecal matter and sometimes blood and things like that and try to look through. What they mainly did was they took antibodies out of the blood of people who had been infected. Right. Already, right. And they took those antibodies, and you can actually see antibodies on an electron microscope. Wow. So they were able to take those antibodies, mix them in with a sample from someone who was infected, like a stool sample, and they could see little particles that had a halo of antibodies stuck to them. That's cool. And they're like, those fuckers, that's the thing that these people are having an immune reaction against right. in this illness. And so that's how they were able to identify hepatitis A as separate from hepatitis B as a little virus thing. So have you ever like gotten a tour, even snuck into a military institution where they have one of these electron microscopes? <laughs> I mean... You know, it just your description is very thick, and so I'm wondering, like, did, do you have some sort of inside thing on this electron microscope? Oh, you guys you know? can't see the air quotes because this is an audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, I have used well, an amazing. electron microscope because you know I had only read some Reddit pages that postulated about this so-called electron <laughs> microscope because the idea that you could shoot a single electron and uh -huh. it goes 
through time infinitely and then tells you what happened. <laughs> That's like, you could really change history if it wasn't controlled by the pigs. Yeah, well, and the Illuminati. But yeah. like, you know, you just you don't want that too much information to get out all at once, Nathan. Okay? Well, you Stacey, need to hold it back. It's your discretion if you want any of that in there. <laughs> all right. Um, so look. But that's cool. So that's Hep A. So in the 70s, thank you, Vietnam. The war, it's... That was such a good war for so many reasons, <laughs> but identifying Hepe finally is one of them. It changed the face of music. <laughs> That's okay? true. Because a lot of music was a reaction to the Vietnam War. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but okay, so so thanks, <laughs> thank you yeah, to the Vietnam you. War. Thank you. We identified hepatitis A. Yes. Well, that leaves B through F, right? Yes, and so B was able to be figured out relatively soon after because they knew there was an A and a B, right? Right. It wasn't until later... Once they got good at identifying right. A and B, right. that they figured out some people had hepatitis that didn't have A or B. Okay, but so now that we have hepatitis A, we have to discover B and C, especially these chronic forms of hepatitis. And that's going to be the subject of our next episode. Right. And in a lot of ways, those are the big ones. Those are the ones that everyone's talking about. Right. Okay. And so, you know what? We'll get into the nitty gritty cool. of those guys next time. But let's take that week hiatus. Yep. Thank you to Stacey Song, our sound lord and engineer. Yep, and thank you to Brian Allen and Street Griff, okay, mm. for for artwork and, and his contributions to the world. Yes, that's true. And then we got an email address. Ooh. It's petridishpod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Twitter handle. It's at Dish Podcast. Ooh. And we got that patreon.com slash petridish. Where you can slide us one of them sweet, sweet American dollar bills Whee! per month. Dollar <laughs> bill. <laughs> all right, all right. So we will see you all next time. Next time. Whoa, shit. <laughs> 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 <laughs>